what is up this is take it or leave it thank you so much for joining us for our 20th episode we are so excited and by me i mean me and as usual no i haven't i haven't mentioned them lately our studio audience give them a round of applause yep still just me in here uh (laughs) i'm so happy that you've chosen to make me part of your day whether it's for five minutes 20 minutes an hour whatever it may be thank you so much it really is an honor that you would listen to me uh, for a little bit of entertainment hopefully it's entertaining if it's not why are you listening (laughs) okay uh, in all reality, there's a lot going on today. Sports world is going, uh, a lot going on in the sports world, a lot we want to talk about. So we're just going to jump right in. Uh, you know, typically in a group setting, there, there is somebody that is superior than the rest of the group. There's somebody, whatever it may be, if it's a business, if it's a, a group working on a project in, in, um, in business, if it's a group of people working on a project in school, uh, if it's a sports team, which is what we're talking about today, there is one person that usually stands out above the rest. Now, what happens when that one person is removed from the situation for whatever reason? If it's sickness, injury, um, if it's school, maybe they transfer out of the school. Or I don't know. They're like they're sick. They're missing school. Dentist appointment. The group around them, typically for the most part, will rally. Everybody will pick up the slack. Everybody does more than they usually do, and everybody usually steps up. They find creative ways. Hopefully, if you're if you're a grinder, you step up and you find creative ways of getting the job done without your best asset. Especially if everybody on the team is good. You know, if everybody in your group is good, but maybe there's just one that's heading that, that's above the rest, or it appears they're above the rest. That's what we saw with the Warriors this week. And who could have predicted that they would beat the Rockets without arguably the best player in the world? Oh my goodness, it was me. Not to brag, I don't get to do it a lot. You know I'm wrong all the time. But I'm going to brag a little bit. I called this because, first of all, I think the Warriors could win the championship without KD. You know how I know that? Because they've done it already. That's one reason. Another is they just have too many smart players, too many good players, too many grinding players, too good of a head coach, that without KD, they are still the best team in basketball. With KD, it's not close. Without KD, they can beat the Rockets and really not look like... not. It didn't look very difficult for them to beat the Rockets, if I'm being honest. I was watching the game. It's back and forth for most of the game. Rockets up, Warriors up, Rockets up. But really, I, ne- I I was rooting for the Rockets in all actuality because I don't care if I'm right or wrong most of the time. I root for good sports. So I thought the Warriors would win, but I was rooting for the Rockets. I wanted to see a Game 7. I wanted to see a Sunday with three Game 7s and Game of Thrones sue me. That's what I wanted to see. Instead, I found myself, while rooting for the Rockets, thinking the whole time, it's just not going to happen. Whether the Rockets were up or whether they were down, it just it didn't feel close. It didn't feel like the Rockets ever had control of the game. It always felt like the Warriors had the momentum. And and that's it's just amazing that without the best player in the world, arguably, of course, Iggy, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and of course, for those of you who don't know, I would assume you do know, Iggy is Andre Iguodala. They all stepped up and played huge. Draymond didn't put up a bunch of points, but his presence was felt. 
Clay was fantastic. Steph was absurd. Iggy played really, really well. I mean, just overall as a team, they all stepped up. The ball movement was great. Defense was great. They grinded. Their grit was great. They were tough. I mean, again, the game was close through the end. I mean, it was a close ball game all the way through, and it never felt like the Rockets game. It always felt like the Warriors, and that's what happens when you have Steph Curry. I will say I would never say that Steph is a better basketball player than KD. KD can just do too much. He's long. He's athletic. He can go to the hoop. He can shoot. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time, of course. But other than that and ball handling, there's not much that he can kind of compete with KD with. I mean, KD, he's just a freak. And it's not Steph's fault. It's KD's size. He's just simply, he's a phenom. So I would never say Steph is a better basketball player. I believe Steph's more valuable to the Warriors. And I've been saying this since the Warriors got KD. I think Steph's more valuable. And I think it's been proven. The games that KD hasn't played, they're like 29-4 and four the past three years, two years, whatever, however long he's been with them, three years. That the games that so twenty nine and four when Steph's played and KD is not, when Steph hasn't played they're like a five hundred team. It's wild. They're close. They're very close to a five hundred team. Still win more games than they lose, but they're close to a five hundred team. So I mean I, I saw this coming from a mile away. Didn't even get to game seven, which stinks because I would love to see it. But that's ball game CP three. And, and it wasn't that the Rockets played poorly. The Rockets were on fire. They shot forty three. 0.6% from three. James Harden scored 35. CP3 scored 27. PJ Tucker scored 15. It was, it, they didn't play poorly. They played really well. I think they shot 47 from the field, so could have been better from the field, but 43.5 from three. So it wasn't that the Rockets had an off game and the, and the Warriors took advantage of it. It was just the Warriors won, and it never felt close. Moving on, we're going to talk about the Blaze. We're going to keep recapping the NBA playoffs as we do. Um, so we'll go back and forth a little bit. The, the Blazers and the Nuggets. So we'll, we'll continue with this next matchup in the playoffs. So we have, obviously, the Warriors playing the Blazers now. So we'll recap the Blazers versus Nuggets. Uh, Blazers were down 17 at half in that game, in that game seven on Sunday night. And C.J. McCollum went off, led the second half rally, finished with 37 points in the game Icing, not necessarily the game winning. They were already up, but he iced the game with a pull-up jumper that might have had a little nudge. Not calling it a push-off because he he never extended. He used his elbow, and he kept it close enough to his body where they're not going to call it, but it looked like he pushed a little bit. They can't call it, though. I mean, he didn't extend. Drained the bucket, 37 points. Uh, I believe he broke. I mean, this is a, one of those obscure stats when people are like, yeah, he broke the record. He the Tom Brady broke the passing record on a Wednesday for. I mean, they don't even play on Wednesdays, but you get what I mean. They'll be like when he throws a ball with his eyes closed as he's blinking on a Wednesday night, uh, with the temperature being seventy-two and a half. It's just one of those obscure stats. C.J. McCollum broke the record for Blazers. Uh, he he broke the scoring record in Blazers game sevens. So I mean, take that for what it's worth. Congrats, C.J. <laughs> He uh, no, he went off. Awesome game. So they get uh, to dance with the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and boy, oh boy, let's talk about that. Doesn't look good for the Blazers because once again, the KD-less Warriors, no KD, they look 
fine to me, people. They look okay, to say the least. I mean, the Warriors won by 22 points. Steph went off for 36 on nine three-pointers. I think he was 9 for 15. Uh, Clay went for 26 and a team high, plus 16 and his plus minus. They There was never a point in this game where the Warriors felt like they didn't have control. I mean, they they led the game, I believe, every minute. I don't think I don't think the Blazers ever led. Maybe early, um, but I don't believe they did. Uh, it, it, this is not going to be a series. Could be a sweep. I think the Blazers will steal one or two because Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, one or the other, or both. They they will have a couple good games in this series. They could. St- ah, I don't see them stealing more than one though. I think this series is going to go four one Warriors. Um, they might not even need KD for this entire series. If they get KD back, it could be a sweep. But, yeah, I mean, looking forward, I, I don't think anybody can beat this team. Even looking at Toronto and the uh, Milwaukee playing each other, because I don't I just don't think either team's equipped. Toronto's a little too small for the Warriors. Uh, well, the Warriors are a pretty small team, too, but they've got KD. They've got Draymond, who is he's a small center power forward, however they want to play him. But um, yeah, I just uh, I don't I can't see Toronto scoring enough to keep up, and I can't see the Greek Freak or any of their kind of because all of their players besides Greek Freak are C plus B minus players. They're all really they have a really deep team, but uh, I don't know. I just can't see any team sticking out, uh, handling them. I think Durant will be able to match up too well against the Greek Freak to to handle them, and I just don't think Toronto has enough on the roster. To, to match up with the Warriors. So we'll see what happens, but it looks like the Warriors are going to kind of run away with this one again for the third year in a row. But let's hope for the best, and we'll move on. Uh, Toronto won, obviously. This was a crazy game. They knock out uh, the 76ers. Oh, my <laughs> freaking Kawhi Leonard with the bucket to put himself over 40 points he ended with 41 he got his four his 40th and 41st point on an amazing buzzer beater first ever game seven buzzer beating how, how, do, you, how do you say this game winning buzzer beater so the first ever game seven game winning buzzer beater uh, in nba history so Kawhi with the shot and it was a wild one to bounce off the rim at least four times incredible to watch it felt like time stood still it surely did for Toronto it surely did for uh, the Sixers and most of all it stood still for Kawhi because you saw him it bounced off the front of the rim and he just dropped to the floor like I blew it and then he just glues his eyes to the basket and when it drops he went crazy the most emotion I've ever seen out of Kawhi Leonard Fun game. Feel bad for the Sixers, but, I mean, they should have won the series. They have one of the best rosters in the league, and you can't beat Toronto. I mean, yes, Toronto has arguably the the best two-way player in the league, arguably second-best player in the world in Kawhi Leonard, but come on. The Sixers are deep. They've got players everywhere, and you can't, ah, whatever. It's hard to feel bad for them, but it's also, it's not, because they're likable. Most of their players are likable, and Joel Embiid, for instance, I mean, he was just a mess after the game. It's sad, but uh, hopefully they'll get better. Trust the process, baby. So uh, going up against the Bucks, Toronto moves on, obviously, for, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Playing against the Bucks, 
The Raptors led most of this game, which tells me, you know, which I thought it was going to be a good series. It seems like it should be a good series. However, the Bucks look way bigger than Toronto, so I, I, that appears to be having a like causing a problem for Toronto, like almost like it's wearing them down because they really did. They led the majority of this game, and then the Bucks just kind of took control in the fourth. They outscored them um, thirty-two to seventeen in the fourth quarter to win that game. Kawhi and Lowry both went over thirty points, played great. Um, Pascal Siakam played really well. Uh, but that's about it for Toronto. The, everyone else was kind of garbage, bunch of crap on the court, under 10 points each, I believe. I don't know if anybody scored more than seven. Uh, I have to check that. But the, no, nobody besides Siakam, Kawhi, and Kyle Lowry played very well at all. Meanwhile, the Bucks had five players over 10 points, and Giannis scored, his, scored 24, and it felt like a quiet 24. It felt like he wasn't, not that he disappeared, but he just was, I mean, I don't know, 24 is a lot of points, but for Giannis, who's been just absolutely dominating, I'm, yeah, just, it felt like it was, it, it felt like you missed it. You were like, wait, he scored 24? Like, it, it didn't feel like he scored 24, but he, he put in 24. Really good team win for them. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon played really well. Brooke Lopez dominated down the stretch, finished with 29 points. Uh, <laughs> kind of a boring name to throw out there. I mean, because Brooke Lopez is getting old. Kind of is like big who shoots. He shoots the ball pretty well. Shot He shot 11 threes, only hit four, but had a really good game. Uh, good for him. Led the team to a victory. Um, I think it's going to be a good series, though. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, and that showed it to us. I think this will be a good series. It has a potential to be another seven-game series, which will be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. The The Bucks can be dominant can be dominant at times, and and they could do the same here. I mean, we saw them fold against the Celtics in game one and then absolutely dominate for the next four games in a row. So we'll see what happens in this series. I think it looks like it's shaping up to be a really good series, though. All right. We haven't talked to NFL in a while. There hasn't been much to talk about. It's been quiet. Ever since the draft ended, it kind of quieted down. Uh, we've got a pretty cool story, though, and when I mean when I say cool, I mean um, another team is putting their bid in to be the dumpster fire of the league now that the Browns appear not to be that dumpster fire. The New York Jets, oh, man, they have every reason to be on the rise. They have signed, obviously, Le'Veon Bell. They have their quarterback of the future and Sam Darnold. They have some pieces. They've got their... Uh, offensive genius quarterback guru and Adam Gase and they are putting all their eggs in his basket because lo and behold this week they have fired their GM Mike McCognan and have now promoted Mr. Offensive Genius Quarterback Guru Adam Gase. I love this move because it's so Bad, and I'm a Jets hater, baby. I love it. And I have facts to back up why this will not work for them. And it's going to be so fun to watch them implode and watch Adam Gase be the reason they implode. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Adam Gase, 23-25 and 25 as a head coach with no playoff wins. But they're going to give him the, play, the, the, head co- the head coaching job. First of all, he shouldn't have been up for a head coaching job to begin with. They're going to give that to him. Then they're going to say, hey, um... Let's look at his personnel past as far as his dealing with personnel in Miami. Oh, it's really bad. 
He got rid of Jarvis Landry, a guy that broke records in the league. May not have had a great yards per reception um, statistic, but he broke records as far as reception goes, and he was the bulk of our offense. He was a very reliable, sure-handed receiver, playmaker, soul of the offense. Uh, Didn't like dealing with him. Didn't like what he was asking for for his contract. Got him out of town. Uh, Great move, buddy. He's now with the team that a lot believe is the most improved team in the league, and he's playing very well for them. Jay Ajayi, a running back who had, (laughs) in one year, three 200-yard games and rushed for 1,400, 1,500 yards rushing for the uh, the Dolphins. Fantastic season a couple years ago when we went to the playoffs. Um, Nope, don't like his attitude either. Get him out. Okay, what attitude? I, I did some digging. I was like, okay, you know, maybe he's messing up the culture. Nope. None of the players seemed to have a problem with J.J. It didn't seem. Uh, it, now, it did. It, there were rumors that maybe he did some things on plays that he wasn't supposed to do. He was trying to create something there. Talk it out. Fix it. Don't get rid of a very good running back. He goes to the Eagles. First play from scrimmage with the Eagles. He goes for like a 60-yard touchdown. And um, if he stays healthy, he's going to be fine. Looks like the health might not be there, um, but that's not why Adam Gates got rid of him. He got rid of him for another reason. And he, other than the health, he's a very good running back. So we'll see what happens with J.H.I. Appears to be a terrible move by Adam Gates. So that's another terrible personnel decision. Adama Kinsu sent him to play for the Rams next to Aaron Donald. They now have the best two interior defensive linemen in the league. And it's not close. <laughs> and they're dominating. And Adama Kinsu... Played well during the regular season. Not fantastic. He played well and really dominated in the playoffs. Played awesome in the playoffs. Another bad personnel decision. Thank you, Adam Gase. And another, I could go on and on. I'm going to name one last one. It goes by the name of Jay Cutler. We lose Ryan Tannehill for the season, and he goes and gets Jay Cutler because that's going to get us to the playoffs, baby. It's going to get us there two years in a row. We're going to go under Matt Moore. After Ryan Tannehill goes down, and instead of just letting Matt Moore just continue to lead the offense, come on, Jay, smoking Jay, let's see it. Uh, awful, six and ten. Good job, Adam Gase. I love that he's running the Jets organization now, or he's running their personnel. Uh, so what's he do for his first, very? He doesn't. He doesn't hesitate at all. He gets put in. What's he do is his first line of business. He ships out a really solid linebacker and Darren Lee who they picked in the second round, and he's played about like that. He's played about like a high-end second-round pick. A lot of upside still, very young. He's only been in the league three years. Shipped him out for a sixth-round pick. Nice. I I love it. It's <laughs> just adding to the narrative. It's, it's wonderful. And now, this is my favorite part. So so tune in. If, if, you, if I lost you, tune back in right now. This is my favorite part. There are now reports out that Adam Gase went against everybody. He was trying his best to implore the Jets not to sign Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And it's not that I... I understand coaches not wanting to pay running backs because running backs, they last five years, six years maybe, and then they start wearing down. I get it. And and there's a lot of good running backs. So I understand not wanting to pay him, but he's different. Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, um, who else? I mean, there are a few. Todd Gurley. There are a few running backs that are Ezekiel Elliott. They're just 
different because they're not just running backs. They're also receivers, and they do both at a high end. They do they play running back better than anybody in the league, and they play receiver as good as a starting receiver in the league. So, And that's where the league is going. It's a passing league. You need that type of running back. Those are the four guys that I would pay to have. Anybody else is, is almost interchangeable. Those four guys are difference makers. I apologize. Five, Saquon Barkley. So now there's a rift between him and Le'Veon Bell. So it's just getting better. I mean, he's just causing this to be the dumpster fire of the league. It is now between them, Cincinnati, and Miami. Although Miami, usually I'm a Miami, I, I'm a Miami fan, obviously, but I'm a Miami hater, typically. They're not looking great, but it's at least looking organized. They're looking like they are truly accepting the rebuild process, and they're taking a couple steps back in hopes that they will be able to take steps forward. The Jets are putting all this money into things, and it don't look like they're going to step forward. Because guess what? They got Lev Bell. They've got Sam Darnold. They've got all these pieces. They ain't got no offensive line. Sorry about it. That's, you can't run. Le'Veon Bell was so good because the Pittsburgh Steelers had a fantastic offensive line. I still think he's a great player, even without a good offensive line. But he ain't going to be Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, New York. So it looks like they're going to be the dumpster fire of the league. They are putting their bid in for it, and uh, I think it's the highest bid right now. That's That might sound like a lot to say, but it just does not look good, and the situation is getting messier and messier by the day. All right. I want to introduce a new segment to the show. Uh, don't know where I come up with these. Again, segments come and go. Some that I like stick. Actually, we've really only had a couple that have stuck. Um, but this is going to be a new one. I think we're going to like it. It's called Say What? Say What? Exclamation point, question mark. Say what? And the theme to this topic or this segment is I just look for interesting stories that are kind of mind-blowing, that are kind of like, ooh, made me double-take. If they made me double-take, they made me say, say what? Uh, that's what I used. So we're going to start. I have quite a few here, so we're going to run through them. One, two, three, four, five. Looks like nine here. Okay, don't ask me how I went from five to nine. You're not going to – it's math. It, it makes sense. So up first, uh, Fortnite. You know I'm a Fortnite fan. You know I like gaming. Talk about it here and there. Fortnite removed the pump shotgun in the past week. I say, what? Why? And then they replaced it with this terrible combat shotgun, which they did give a buff, so it's a little bit better now. And for those of you that don't know, a buff is just made it a little bit more powerful. So it's a little bit better now. But, uh, man, it's it's hard to get used to. Once you get used to it, it's, it's decent. But, man, no, it just it's a learning curve. So, why, especially, I feel bad for these people that are in the World Cup, that are qualifying for the World Cup and trying to qualify for the World Cup. It's almost a brand new game when you take a gun away that, that is that useful. Everyone carries one. Everyone knows how to use it for the most part. And you take it away. And now everyone has to relearn strategy. And, and now I just read today that they took away all vehicles from the World Cup qualifiers and the World Cup events. I mean, it's just wild. I sometimes I just don't understand Epic Games that that's the creators of Fortnite because they're obviously so smart because they made billions. They've made the most popular game in history and made billions off of this game. 
But then they go and do stuff like this that's just like that their community hates. And then instead of listening to the community and fixing it, they stick to their guns. And guess what? We still play. And we still feed into it. And that's why they don't feel the need to fix it. But I just don't understand. At least keep the game the same for the World Cup. I feel bad for those people because it's made the game so different. Whatever. That's it. Don't understand it. Uh, number two, Pelicans win the first overall pick in the NBA lottery draft lottery. They had a 6% chance of getting the number one pick, and they got it. Say what? Now, this is funny and and cool and awesome because they were thinking about trading Anthony Davis. I mean, it was a possibility that they would trade him to the Knicks for a pick or maybe even for the top pick. <laughs> well, now, it's so funny because now they ain't got to. They have the top pick and Anthony Davis that they can trade for maybe another first-round pick or whatever they want to. My suggestion in some – I truly believe this. I, I talked about this, and it was early on in this podcast series, how the, the comparison between Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, and then – and did I include – I believe I included Brandon Ingram, but who doesn't matter. We're not going to include him here. Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma compared to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And my my conclusion was statistically, Kuzma and Lon- you could argue Luke, Kuzma and Lonzo have been better. Statistically, now obviously when you watch them play, it almost looks like Jason Tatum and J- and Jalen Brown had more upside. But that was months ago. Now after seeing, obviously we haven't seen much of <laughs> of Lonzo Ball and Kuzma because they're out of the, they're not in the playoffs. But after seeing Jason Tatum and um. Jalen Brown in the playoffs and and just and the rest of the season, the end of the season, I don't know who has the most upside because you got to look at the situation. Kuzma and Ball have been in a dumpster fire of a situation with terrible front office and a coach who we really don't know if he knows what he's doing. I think Luke Walton knows what he's doing, but we don't know that. We, he sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. So we don't know how their how their team does at bringing players along and and growing them. Uh, so. I look at them and say, man, they're in a dumpster fire of a situation, whereas Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are in a beautiful situation with arguably one of the best coaches in the league in a great program, and they really have underperformed, whereas Lonzo Ball and Kuzma in their situation have overperformed. So why not Pelicans go out and trade, give the Lakers what they want, they want Anthony Davis, give them a deal. Give it to him for just Kuzma and Ball. Or you want to ask for more because it is it is Anthony Davis. Get Brandon Ingram and maybe another, maybe Josh Hart. Rob them of their young talent and put that young talent. Could you imagine Kuzma, who's coming along, as long as his three-point shot can continue to get better, grab Josh Hart, another good shooter, who as long as they continue to get better shooting the ball, put those two shooters with Lonzo Ball and now Zion Williamson? Are you kidding me at the very least that team is fun to watch and then go pick up another good shooter there's going to be some out there get that team i'm not i'm not saying this could happen i'm not saying it will happen not i don't think it would happen but could you imagine you might have a fighting chance at clay thompson if he doesn't resign with the warriors could you imagine that lonzo ball zion williamson kyle kuzma clay thompson and then fill in the blank get a get a big <laughs> wild and again clay thompson he's not going to play in new orleans but you can dream, right? So, anyways, that's what I think they should do. I think they should do. They should deal with the Lakers, not 
the Celtics. I think the Lakers' young guys have more upside because they've been in a bad situation and, and have overachieved compared to the young guys in, in uh, Boston who have underachieved in a great situation. That's just my opinion. This is a big say what. Sony and Microsoft exploring a partnership. Say what? And this is specifically related to gaming, which is wild because that's where they have had their biggest differences. They have been huge competitors specifically in gaming. And now there is talks that they are going to try to have a business relationship. This is going to be wild. I don't know. I tried to look for more details behind that. Apparently it's new. So there's not many details out there for you or for me rather to pass on to you. But I saw that story and I was like, say what? That's wild because they, gosh, they're, they're rivals. Number four, Patrick Peterson suspended six games for violating the, the league's uh, performance enhancing drugs protocol or not protocol, I guess rules. Say what, man, that sucks. Cause I really like Patrick Peterson as a player. He's getting old, but he just seemed like one of those like stand up guys. And it could be one of those things where he didn't know the product he was using is, is against their, um, their performance enhancing their PED policy, but um, you got to be aware of that, especially in the in the NFL. So I mean that sucks, but it is what it is. Say what? So he's out uh, six games to start the season. Not good for a Cardinals team that doesn't that really does not need that right now. Uh, number five. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm not saying numbers anymore because I I can't see they're dots. They're not numbers. They're just bullet points, and I don't know can't count when it's just bullet points. My eyes hurt. Uh, <laughs> thousands of Game of Thrones fans petitioning, and I believe the number's up to like 500 grand. So 500 pe- 500,000 people have uh, are pe- signed a petition to get a remake of Season 8. Say what? That's wild to me that there's that many people that are this upset because the season hasn't been perfect. Uh, everything, I will say this, and we'll talk about this more. You know what? I'm not going to say much. I just have to disagree with this. It'd be hard for them to remake it, in my opinion. And I'll just say this, and I'll end it because we will do recap. We have Game of Thrones recap right after this. They wouldn't be able to just remake it, in my opinion. To do it perfect, they would have to add another season. They'd have to redo this season and add a ninth to be able to, to do everything perfectly. Because if they can't do that, then this season's fine. It's This season's the way it had to be if they don't have an extra season. So we're going to move on from that. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. Next up, Joel Embiid cries after the defeat to Toronto. Heartbreaking defeat. And it was sad to see him do that. because And the say what on this is like the, the surprise. The say what on this is like it's Joel Embiid. He's the goofball. Always got a joke. Always talking crap. Um, and now he's like he's burying his head in his girlfriend, his little tiny girlfriend's shoulder, while he's balling. He's just like a little lump of he's a little little baby, and not saying that in a rude way. Like he just he turns into like a, a child, and um, it just shows that every it, I like that because I almost didn't know like is he passionate about basketball? Is he just a goofball? Is he just really talented goofball? who just happens to be good at basketball. He's not. He's passionate about basketball. He loves the game. And I, I, I thought that was cool to see, but it was just, it caught me off guard because you don't expect that from, from Joel Embiid. He's, he's this goofball. Next up, all that, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I knew I was going to read this wrong because 
you have to read it with a certain inflection. There is an All That reboot coming in January. In January, So I don't know if you remember the show All That, but they're rebooting it. I think it's going to be terrible. Usually reboots like this, especially when you get the same characters that are now 20 years older, <laughs> 15 years older, it's probably not going to go over well, but we'll see. I could be wrong. could be really good, so look out for that. I will watch it. Um, yeah, that caught me, but I was like, I double took and was like, what? Say, wait, say what? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next up, Patriots are really smart. That's not a say what. That didn't catch me off guard, but I just wanted to include it because what did they do? Jamie Collins, two years ago, he was up for a contract. Three years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. He was up for a contract, and it was like $50 million contract. They were like, no thanks, we're out. He goes to the Browns and gets his money and basically plays like doo-doo. And now they're going to bring him back. <laughs> the Patriots are bringing him back on the low-low, like on the cheap-cheap, and he'll probably play fine for them. All the years he played with them, his average player score or player grade from Pro Football Focus, over a 90. With the Browns, it was like under a 60 or something like that. Um, so he'll probably come back to the Patriots and play really well, and they'll be paying him nothing, And but he's already got his money, so, you know, whatever. They're so smart. They always let go of players too, too early rather than too late, and for him it was right on time, and now they're getting him back. He'll probably be fine because he's still he's not old. I don't even think he's 30 yet. So, I mean, he might be early 30s, but I don't think he's 30 yet. So, freaking Patriots. Last but not least, Game of Thrones prequel series starts filming. I didn't even know about this till yesterday. I heard it yesterday and I said, huh? And my wife goes, no, I already knew. But apparently today, they, I think, I mean, it was an article today that they started filming. So, it's supposed to happen thousands of years before Game of Thrones take play, takes place. So it's like you're not, you're not going to know anybody. I mean, you'll know people probably from like stories that we've heard in the show currently, but I'll, I would watch it. It sounds pretty cool, and you're supposed to learn kind of the origins of the White Walkers and and all that stuff, uh, historical Starks, probably historical Targaryens, probably the Children of the Forest. I'm sounding like a nerd. It's okay. Great show. I, I'd probably watch it. Give it a try. That is the new segment. Say what? Till next time. All right, it's that time of day, it's that time of the episode where those of you who do not watch Game of Thrones or are not caught up on Game of Thrones, get out! See yourself to the exit, which is the pause button on your little Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever it is you're listening to. And clear the area because we are going to talk some Game of Thrones. We're going to get a little recap and then we're done. This is the last segment of the day. Game of Thrones recap, episode five, which we expected to be crazy, but maybe not that crazy. Clark tweeted out a couple weeks ago after episode three and said, episode five is better. It's going to be bigger. Get to a TV. And we did. And boy, are people upset. As I predicted last week, Danny is now full-on mad queen she fulfill i'm not gonna say that yet because it's i gotta save it she goes nuts everybody surrendered they rang the bells and that's what the episode was called how poetic the bells and she just said screw it i don't want to hear those bells y'all dead y'all burnt to a crisp and boy did she now i said danny is full mad queen and then i dropped down and said or is she 
I have a good friend, Andrew Kaler. Don't know if he listens. I know he's listened before. I don't know if he's listening right now. If you are, love you. If not, still love you. But he tweeted out, I mean, he and he was ripping them off. Just Game of Thrones tweets, and that's the same way as me. I wasn't ripping him off, but I was like retweeting everything he said and everything I read online about Game of Thrones because I was just so distraught by this episode. And, and he brought up a point of this could be like a situation where Danny truly believes she is going to be the best ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. No one else can do it like her, not John, not anybody. And now all of these people here in this city are not going to let her. They're not going to accept her. So the only way to provide a better future, and she even said it in the show, that they are looking to save the future generations, not this generation. So that the only way to ensure a great, wonderful future is to kill everybody. Now, it is wrong. It is inherently wrong, but that's her viewpoint. And it could be her viewpoint that she that this is the best thing to do for the Seven Kingdoms. And I instantly thought about Thanos in, in Avengers, specifically uh, Infinity War, where he truly believed, he saw what overpopulation could do to his planet, and it just ruined it. So he thought, you know, I never want anybody to go through that. He almost had this somewhat pure intention of, I don't I don't want anybody to go through that, so I'm just going to eliminate half of living creatures in the universe. You can't do that, dude. It's not right. They have a right to live. And, and to him, though, it was the right thing to do. It was, I am. you don't understand what I'm saving you from. That's what I believe Danny, well, no, not maybe not what I believe, that's what Andrew uh, asserted that maybe that Danny might have thought that she is the best. She is doing the best thing for everyone in the future, specifically in the future, going forward. And she just had to do what she had to do, whether it's right or wrong in that moment. Now, of course, we know it's wrong, no matter what. You, you just can't do that. You can't commit genocide. <laughs> Call me crazy. But, anyways, I just liked Andrew's viewpoint on that, and I thought, you know what, that could be what she is. And so maybe she's not necessarily mad and crazy, but in a way, it's still insane. It's still a little insane, but, um. Yeah, wild that she did that. Uh, next note I had was Cersei's death was kind of lame for the character that she is, for the character that we've all grown to hate but also love, but hate because we hate her, but we love to hate her, and we love her character. So just a weird dichotomy there with how we, what, what we feel about Cersei. And, uh, but yeah, and then I thought like, okay, yeah, we she, she should suffer. She's this ultimate villain. Like she should suffer, and it was just kind of a quick death, kind of anticlimactic, I mean, eh. But then I thought, like, why does she deserve to suffer? I just hear everybody saying it. And, like, obviously I've seen the whole series, so I mean, I thought it too. But then I thought, like, what has she actually done? She said some really bad things. But when we, even when you go back to the beginning, she was pissed that Joffrey had Ned killed. So she didn't do that. She's always been a monster to Tyrion, who is a fan favorite. And we love Tyrion. He's awesome. So that makes us resent her, and understandably so. She blew up the sept and killed many innocent people. I get it. That was evil. But again, she was kind of just getting revenge for herself. She had been treated so horribly by them. She got rid of them. Also, her kids, her kid, Tommen, was kind of being controlled by those dudes. So she got rid of them just for her family. Would we have done the same in the same situation? Maybe after what we after what they put us through. And now our my kid is like kind of being controlled by them. Maybe. Who knows? I'd like to say no. I'd be the bigger man. But I don't know. Then we think of 
uh, the Martells. No, is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, Oberyn, right? Oberyn's wife. I think that's right. Um, how he made she killed Cersei's daughter Marcella, and then she gets back at him by putting her and her daughter in a in a dungeon basically to watch each other die and she she's going to watch her daughter die cuz she poisoned the daughter the same way Marcella was poisoned and you're going to watch your daughter die evil right so evil well i mean she killed her daughter the same way what would you do if your daughter was poisoned that way and 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 you had a chance at revenge like that i'd like to say you'd be the bigger person i'd like to say i'd be the bigger person but i'm just saying think about it has she done anything to be instigate what's the word has she instigated anything, like just done anything out of pure evil first, just to be evil? Now, she hoodwinked them and didn't help with the White Walkers. I get it. Again, though, would you put your people in danger when you think, eh, let them, maybe they'll beat them? And they did beat them. I don't know. I'm just saying, is she really all that evil? Like, is she more evil than what Danny just did? I would say no. So, I don't know. We'll move on from there. Clegane Bowl, I actually liked it. Hound Hound versus the, the Mountain. I liked it. I wish there would have been a way that the Hound could have survived, but it's Game of Thrones. That's what it is. Hound gone. Uh, so is so is the Mountain, though. It was awesome scene. Uh, also, how beautiful was this episode? Regardless if you liked the content of the episode, how beautiful was the cinematography, the soundtrack, just, oh, beautiful. That shot of the dragon flying over the Mountain and the Hound as they're about to fight. As Kyburn's flung down the stairs into a rock. <laughs> that was disgusting, but so funny. Um, anyways, yeah, just beautifully shot. Uh, awesome fight scene. Boy, oh boy, the mountains was a beast before, but we didn't know what Kyburn did to him, but now we sure do. But rest in peace. Well, no, he's bad. Rest in pieces. And the hound, rest in peace. You will be missed. Um, Arya is going to be pissed. Yep, she's pretty pissed. She witnessed all this <laughs> firsthand and almost died herself. Um, I swear that scene when she was like looking and it was showing the side of her face, like the portrait, is that the right word from the side? I don't know. Profile? No, whatever. Whatever. The side of her face and it's slowly panning. I thought it was going to be burnt up like the hound's face. I was like, dude, that would be crazy and kind of, kind of poetic in and of itself that like, she's like, now she looks like the hound, but like. And that's her guy like that's her kind of almost father figure this whole series and I don't know I thought that would have been crazy they didn't do it but anyways she's pissed she going she gonna get Danny I think think it's gonna be done for Danny um anyways and my last little note was everyone's ripping this season you know everyone's just loving to hate on it I'm not doing that I've actually enjoyed it I've enjoyed the content I will say this my my one critique is a big critique and that is that they needed an extra season I said it earlier that this season has been extremely expedited. Like it's, it is escalating quickly. Like we have seen Danny's escalation to, again, I don't want to say madness, but to almost power, overly controlling, power hungry, and just evil. (sighs) Harsh. That's a better word. Harsh. And uh, we've seen it escalating over the seasons at a perfect pace but they would have needed an extra season, maybe two, to get to this point of Danny. If you wanted the, the timing to be perfect, to to where she what she did in King's Landing was a little more believable, you know. Like I think that's why most people are mad. Like I believe it because I saw it. Like she said a long time ago, I'm gonna take what is mine with fire and blood, and she did it, and now we're all shocked. 
That's stupid. Why are you shocked? She said it. She said she was going to do it. And we've seen her do it. She, we've seen her kill people just because they didn't bend the knee. I mean, she might have almost, she almost was thinking about killing John because he didn't bend the knee. Like, we saw the side of her. Now, the fact that it was, I'm saving innocents, I'm saving slaves, I'm only killing the people that don't want to, like, be part of what we're doing here. And now, eh, I don't really care. I'm not even going to give these people the option to, to surrender. I get that. It escalated pretty quickly. But again, you have to remember, her thought process through all of this, she's overlooking the city as they're surrendering. And she sees the city. She sees the Red Keep, everything that her family built a few hundred years ago. And now she sees all these people scurrying and running to safety. And in her mind, these people, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, however long it's been since her family was removed from power, they just kind of let it happen. They went along with it. They followed the Baratheons. They took the Baratheon's side even for good reason. Of course, she's not thinking this. Now, it's good reason because her king, her dad was crazy. But that's to her, it doesn't matter. To her, not all Targaryens are crazy. It's just her dad, and he should have been removed from power. The brothers should have taken over, whatever. And But they didn't, they didn't do that. They followed the Baratheons and that they should have stood with the Targaryens and they should have overthrown power that that replaced the Targaryens and they didn't they just they stuck with the Targaryen or with the Baratheons they stuck with the Lannisters and they shouldn't have to her that's treason to her that's enough reason to kill them all again she's wrong she's terrible I'm just giving you another reason of like why she might have snapped in that moment she might have snapped because she sees all this that she's been trying to to get to all her life and now it's there in front of her and it hits her and she just snapped it's possible I just take my word it's possible it happens. Our minds are fragile. Anyways, uh, I am enjoy- enjoying the season. Would it have been better with an extra season in between? Yes, but lo and behold, I'm still enjoying it. I think this whole, like I said in the last segment, I think the whole uh, petition to get it redone is stupid. Anywho, that's Game of Thrones recap. We got one more episode left, and you don't have to hear me babble about it anymore because this is the probably the silliest recap you ever heard. It's just me expressing my thoughts and opinions on the season so yeah can't wait for this this last episode it's gonna be wild enjoy it all right y'all that's all we've got today uh don't forget please give me some mail we got to do a mailbag segment i want to do it write in uh at take it leave it bh on twitter at take it leave it bh on instagram hit us up with some ideas some comments some concerns love hate we'll take it all Um, You guys are great. That's all I got today. You can take it or leave it. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.